Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business with your hosts, Chris Natalie and Nick Michaels. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 2, Episode 20. I am here with my co-host, Chris Natalini. What's up, what's up, what's up? And I am Mick Michaels. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great, dude. How are you? I'm fantastic. Everyone who is in a earshot of a listening distance, welcome back. <laughs> we hope everybody is well. Yes. Ready for the summer. Oh, it's coming, bro. It's coming. coming. Although, although the Philly weather lately has been crap. Yeah, it's I, been like fall. I, I don't Dude, remember a May like this. Bro, like there's no reason in May I should have my heat on. Like there's, it's unacceptable. May it is, is the new October. <laughs> Move Halloween. You'd like that. <laughs> That's right. If it was October, I wouldn't care about the weather, but it's May and this isn't the right weather for May. I know what you're saying, but on a bright spot, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its inductees, and I know Iron Maiden wasn't one of them, but the Go-Go's were, and actually, I'm very happy about that. I like the Go-Go's, always did. Yeah, I me thought too. They, I thought me for too. an American female rock group, I thought that they did some fantastic stuff early on. You know, they didn't have out that many albums, but still, they were part of the pop culture of the time, and, and I think they're still on a lot of people's brains. You know, that first record, Beauty Beat, it's so good. And it even kind of has a little bit of punk rock to it. Yeah. Definitely a little bit of punk rock sound of what they were doing. But yes, I enjoyed the Go-Go's too. I'm happy for them. Yeah, they definitely, by their um, by that second album, they were more of a polished pop rock. Yes. Right? But yeah. I would definitely agree. Yeah. There was a little bit of punk influence in there. You could see it even how they were dressing and, and moving around on stage. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. Belinda Carlisle went, you know, posh. And got all cover girl like, which was okay for me too. I didn't mind that. A few I, hits on yeah, her belt. Yep, yep. Good yeah. stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. I'm yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, they're how would you say angered in one way, shape, or another, and you know because a lot of metal bands are overlooked. People are saying they're discriminating against metal, and I know the people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, their response was, "No, we don't." So, you yeah, know, here we yeah. go. So uh, I don't know. know. I, you know, Mick, I think I think a lot of the issue is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think it's because it's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If it was maybe called the Music Hall of Fame, people may, and I could just be talking out my neck, but, you know, I think people may be a little more acceptable if it was just called the Music Hall of Fame. You know, you just think of rock and then, you know, they're putting R&B and they're putting hip hop or rap, whatever you want to call it, you know, those artists in there and... And I don't know. I mean, there's an argument to be had. Do they belong in there? Well, yeah, maybe. Like some of them. But uh, I think a lot of the issue is they call, they call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So then you have that argument of, you know, well, why? You know, again, this this past inductees, you know, well, why is Jay-Z? And if it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, well, maybe you should change it. Then maybe it should just be the maybe, music. Maybe, maybe. I mean, keep in mind that the popular music of the of the modern time was rock and roll. And then everything stemmed from that. Right? Right, correct. You know, yeah. pop music was rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Bill Haley and the Comets, that was pop music for the time, but it was considered rock and roll. So it's yeah. it's a lot of, you know, I mean, I guess it's this or that. I think what people forget most heartedly is that it's kind of a click club anyway, and it's their decision, nobody else's, right? I mean, I guess yeah. whoever sway in the vote, kind of like, you know, those uh, Walk of Fames, I mean. Right. They're paying. The stars are paying for those. The stars are paying for it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether they're exactly. paying for it, like 
out of pocket, which some people do, or they take donations, or they get sponsors, whatever right. the case may be. It's not like somebody, their kind heart is saying, hey, we're going to give it to, I don't know, who? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. you usually, and I think you can petition for it, put in for it. You got to find a nice little plot of land somewhere. So it's <laughs> it's one of those things. I, it's a popularity contest in a sense. Because if is, it really man. was about bands, artists, you know, individuals who made such an impact on the music scene as a whole, there would be lots of other people there. Yeah, I think too, I think the uh, the one really big big and bad thing they do is they give you a list of 10, 15, 20 nominations and they go, okay, vote. Maybe they should just stop that and just pick, you know, five and six right off the bat and go, these are the people we're putting in this year. <laughs> then there won't be that argument of, well, you yeah, know, I mean, I mean, listen, Maybe like. Yeah, like the Grammys don't ask, you know, for a popular yeah. vote and American Music exactly. Awards. I don't even know if any of that stuff still counts anymore. But, yeah, the Oscars don't do the same thing either. Even I, even though I know that with the Oscars, there's a lot of lobbying that goes on. And some, you right. know, hands are greased right. and right. and things like that, you know. I mean, I guess if I was bribed with sandwiches and diet soda and you know dinner out I, I guess maybe i would sway my vote too i don't know i don't know but if, if you were going to be bribed with diet soda would it be uh you know sam's club or are you going or are you going for like the brand name no no i'm going to go for coke zero actually if that's if that's the case <laughs> like if i had to put it you know coke zero that's where i'm going <laughs> you know what i mean oh man I, you know and here it is man like they always put a metal group in there and for the most part the metal groups never make it yeah, anyway it's a shame so you know, why people are still surprised to me in this day is just... I know. Priest was up twice, two years in a row, right? Nothing. Right. No. Yeah, that, that's probably a show we should have. That's a, <laughs> that's show, a, whole that's that's a, a whole separate show. show so. <laughs> All right. In this episode, we are going to talk about, well, Chris is going to talk about songwriting and inspiration. Yes. Now, we get a lot of questions about um, both here for the show and I think as we're interviewed as individual artists, people yeah. ask us yeah. how we go about songwriting. Is there a certain approach? Do we do the music first? Is it lyrics? Is it a melody? Inevitably, where do we find inspiration to do the thing that we do? I mean, a lot of people do talk about writer's block and, you know, they kind of have a lull in their creativity and all that. Well, Chris is here tonight. He's going to tell you what he does and how he overcomes it, and it's never a problem for him. Take it away, Chris. (laughs) Well, first, before we start, let me just say that, in my opinion, lyric writing and inspiration, everybody is different. And for me, there's really no wrong way to write lyrics. For me, in my opinion, I really don't believe in that. You know, I don't really believe in a formula. I don't believe in now. And and Mick, you are, you know, obviously we've known each other for a very long time. So I know how you write when I see your lyrics. Like, I know how you write. And you and I write differently. To me, like, there's not a wrong way to write lyrics. There's just not. So in how I do it is I just kind of start, I'll start with an idea. Uh, Let's take the music out of it for, we'll we'll go, we can go back to that. Lyrically, I just try to find an idea or a story or something that inspires me. And I think in in one of our earlier episodes, we talked about songwriting and I find myself that I write kind of in a story, not all the time, but there's always a, a story to my lyrics, not necessarily a beginning, middle and end, but there's always a tie-in somewhere. There's always a, a theme to it. And I'm inspired by a lot of different things, whether it be from 
a movie or a book or something I see on television. It simply could be sometimes just a line. Perfect example, and I'm gonna totally plug myself here. For the new Seeds of Perdition album, we have a song called uh, God Ends Here. And the thought behind that lyric was I was watching The Nun, the movie The Nun from the Conjuring universe. And the first thing I saw was God ends here. That was the, that's where the nun, she was behind a door and the whole story. And I don't know, like that struck me and I'm like, wow, that's kind of, the song isn't about the nun, but that line, that three words just inspired me to write this song. And for me, like anything, I could be driving, I could see something, I could think of something. I may hear somebody say something on the radio and just I'll quick jot it down or write it in my, or, you know, speak it to my phone just to record it and go back to it later. And so for me, anything inspires me. And I don't write necessarily like you do, I, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you write the kind of writer you are, you do a, a, you know, a verse, a bridge, a chorus, or, you know, vice versa, whatever, you know, you have verses, bridges, and courses. I don't normally write like that. I just kind of write complete and then we'll split it apart when it comes to the music. So some of my lyrics may not make the whole song. So, you know, sometimes I'm very wordy, obviously. So, you know, sometimes we have to rearrange, sometimes we have to cut stuff out. And that's just me. That's just how I write. And again, there, uh, to me, you can argue this point if, if you feel, I don't believe there's a wrong and right way to write lyrics. Like I said, I don't have a formula. I just sit down and write. If I come up with an inspiration or an idea, I'll just form words, form sentences and kind of piece it together. And sometimes I'll just write things down and then I'll go back to it and maybe move lines, maybe line one or two make more sense than you know three or four so i'll just kind of maybe switch or move stuff around but i write and then i just fit it into the song later yeah. i don't necessarily i don't necessarily write you know with chorus in mind bridge in mind you know and a lot of the times i end up writing a chorus later because you know at the time especially the way the kind of music we do we also don't write that way we just kind of write a song where you know the guys write the music and then we just kind of go all right well we'll make this the verse we'll make this a, a chorus and you know again the kind of music i do we really don't have choruses so to speak uh at least not all the stuff that we do you know it's just a lot of of words and then we just split them apart yeah uh, listen i i definitely agree that i don't think there's a right or a wrong way to write lyrics um i don't think there's a right or wrong way to write music either i think that's that's subjective um and you know you could be taking it from a lot of different perspectives somebody who's been doing it for five years somebody who's been doing it for 50 years both music and lyrics so you know there's a lot someone who's well read in say politics and someone who's well read in harry potter that doesn't necessarily negate their ability to do something or the other i do think there are better techniques than some techniques Right. Okay. And I do okay. think that that does lend itself over time to better songs. I mean, there are definitely artists who write better songs than other artists. I mean, again, that could be subjective, and I get it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think there, you know, there is there exists that there's the top ten percent of doctors in the nation, and then everybody else. <laughs> and you know, I always tell people, not every single doctor graduated at the top of their class, right? There's always those people that fall past twenty. You know, maybe I, I graduated one hundred and one. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. So I don't think that there's a right or wrong way. However, I do think that depending on how you write will determine. Like, well, I should say, depending on how you arrange and create songs, music. 
it will determine how you start to develop your lyrical writing. Now, you are correct. I do write a verse, chorus, bridge, things like that. That's the way it seems like at the end. But there are times where I will just run a bunch of words together because it's coming out, right? Like I'm almost yeah, that's it. like it's almost like a channeling type of thing. So you so you do it that way also? There's several different ways that I approach it. If I'm super inspired, like something's just coming through, I just start jotting the stuff down because I don't want right, to I don't right. want to miss it. And I'm still one of those kind of people where I like to have the pen in hand because there's something about it. Now, I have also gotten into the habit that I will type it on my phone because because you can lose it that quick. And I have yeah. done some voice audio stuff, but like you've listened to another podcast, I can't find the camera half the time and it's in the same location. <laughs> so to find the voice thing... It's even harder for me. So, you know what I mean? And I just, I take it from there. Now, I do have to say that there was a time where I did not write choruses at all. When I was doing progressive metal in the 90s, there was no such thing as a chorus. It was a lot of really heavy-duty word play. A lot That's of, how I write. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. a lot of like, thick content, um, bigger words, you know, that kind of thing. I was trying to, I guess... So my own oats in a sense in terms of, hey, I can write intelligently, you know what I mean? So I wanted to I wanted to demonstrate that, like, you know what I mean? And, and maybe, you know, which was much more technical writing for me than what I did in the 80s, right? It was a little bit right. more lighthearted, though I didn't really, I was never a guy, and we've talked about this before, I was never a guy to really write about love and stuff like that, though I've tried my hand at it, and there were a couple early songs that, you know, that kind of fit the bill for there, but... I write symbolically, metaphorically, and I talk a lot about war and darker stuff of the human character, of the human condition. But then I also put it into some kind of wordplay that keeps it a little bit more interesting. Now, I've been accused and called Dr. Seuss at times when we're in the studio because <laughs> people can get tongue-tied at times. Now, the other thing is, is too, and I know... I can, I can tell you for a fact. Yes. That is true. <laughs> but understand this, believe it or not, that if that song went the demo by me at some if I was right if I'm the one that's writing it it probably went through several rewrites like I have the initial version in my head yeah right yeah. and then I'm I'm starting to formulate either a melody or a riff or a, a singing texture yeah. Yeah. like layout and then I go to find out that it's not going to work that same exact way so then right I have to start cutting stuff up changing words right. you know so and we've talked about this before I do like the rhyme. There's something to flow with it. And again, not everybody does that. And I get it. Yeah. I also like to work syllables, a syllable count at times. And again, I don't go into it saying it's got to be this man. This line has to be this man. This No, I don't do that. I do a, a writing and then I massage it to where I, I want it to be or what I think is going to work. Now, again, being a half-assed guitar player, I start having some ideas once I start putting words together. So because of that, now again, if you're just a lyric writer, you're thinking one way. If you're just the music writer, you're thinking one way. And when you're doing both or thinking of several instruments at a time, you're doing it another different way. And this is, again, why I'm saying and agreeing with you, there is no right or wrong way. There are different ways. Um, yeah. Some may be more efficient than others. And I've been in all three of those scenarios where I was just a lyric guy. You know, and then they were handed over and then I would get them back and say, listen, they have to be massaged to kind of fit. Not everything's fitting here or whatever. OK. And then I've just written music and someone else did lyrics. That's been a long time because I don't really go that route anymore. 
and that's a whole personal issue and I'm working on and taking medication for but that's a joke but then you know you sometimes if you got someone who's hard pressed on those lyrics you may have to alter the music you know what I mean well, so that, you have to play yeah. that game too and that's something that we had said in a previous podcast and we could probably talk about this in another one when I write lyrics you know it may be different for you because you're the songwriter and the lyric writer you know most of the time if not all the time where i am just the lyric writer and i throw music ideas if i hear something i'm not married to my lyrics like i am and we've talked about it before you know i am a big believer in we talked about it, going to the studio like not being married to anything you know unless you want to which is totally fine but in my opinion it's easier if you're just not married to it you, you want to keep obviously the core of what you're trying to say uh, you don't want to cut that stuff out, but because I can be wordy, sometimes I have to cut sentences or, you know, things out or, you know, maybe somebody in my band will change the line because it doesn't make sense or it doesn't fit the, the melody. So I'm not married to it. I, I'm totally okay with being able to change it uh, and, you know, like you said, kind of go with the song and I am totally okay with that. And in my opinion, uh, you know, when you are writing lyrics that you shouldn't be uh, 100% to it because it's not at least on my end. Again, you're different because you're the music writer and the lyric writer. Where me, I'm just the lyric writer. So I'm okay with if we have to change something to fit a song or a part or, you know, whatever the case may be, as long as it doesn't lose that core feeling. This is Stephen Piercy from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. Now, let me ask you this, Mick. Where do you... Because I, I could tell you a million things of what, how, how I get inspired. What inspires you to write something? Like, are you one of those guys that sees something or reads something or hears something and goes, oh, yeah, like, that's an idea? Or really does stuff just kind of come out? Uh, it's both, actually. I mean, the older I get, I find inspiration anywhere. You yeah. Know, I mean, eating oatmeal sometimes, all of a sudden, like, hey, bam, boom, that comes out. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, here, you know, here's an example I watched a movie. This was, I don't know, 2012 or 2013. Uh, I watched 13 Assassins. It's a, uh, mm -hmm. It was a Japanese samurai movie. And as I'm watching the movie, I'm getting all this inspiration. And while I watched the movie, I, I wrote a song. I wrote A Fistful of Vengeance. That was off our Axe to Grind album. And it's still one of the songs that we play consistently in our live set. People seem to like it. I wrote my interpretation of the movie or of more or less of the sentiment that the certain samurai had towards their quest, their cause, their danyo, you know, like the adventure. And then I took a little bit more of the, how would you say, uh, like in a lot of samurai, there's samurai lore, which is, you know, kind of like fantasy based and then there's what really you know took place and i did a combination of the two because i was kind of moved to do that and i wrote those lyrics without having an idea of any music in mind but i've been inspired by like you had said earlier like someone says something or you see a sign or you a word pops into your head and then like you finish that phrase or you add to it and then all of a sudden like this stuff starts coming a lot of people will complain about, like, they're not inspired to do this or not inspired. I, I understand that. I mean, like, over the past 14 months with COVID, I mean, there's a lot of times where there's been no inspiration in terms of, like, what are we doing? It just seems more of the yeah. same. Like, we're, we're that hamster on that wheel sort of thing. But that's because I'm letting other things affect me at the time. But when it came to music, I never seemed to... And then now this is going to probably come bite me in the ass after this airs. But I never <laughs> seem to have a problem 
Like, I don't, because I don't look at it as a chore. Like, if that's what I had to do, it's way better than digging ditches or carrying 50-pound boxes. Believe right. me, right? Because I've been on construction sites, and I've dug ditches, and I've been in working in factories. And I tell you, I'd rather write music all day long. Now, does that mean that the music is going to be, you know, top-notch? No. I mean, listen, if you can't police yourself, if everything you think you do is great, well, then you got a problem. Because yeah. not everything we're going to do is great. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't put your best foot forward and your best effort. You know, I mean, I have songs that never seen the light of day. I worked on them months, demoed them. We practiced them before recording. And I was like, nah, this ain't working. It's, it's done, yeah. done with that. Yeah. I mean, I remember the band I was in in the 80s. We spent three months. This is three months now. Either we were idiots or we just couldn't figure it out. It was like it was just We did three months with a song before we wanted to make it go live. And at the end of the three months, we finally got it the way we wanted to. It was kind of like, a, you know, it had all these pieces and elements to it. And, and we go, ah, this ain't working. This ain't us. The hell? So there was three months down the thing. But if you yeah. can't let yeah. that go, you have a problem, right? That doesn't mean yeah. that you can't go back later or whatever. But, like, listen, you got to come to terms like, hey, this isn't good or this is good. And that's why I was saying there are some methods that are better than others. And if you're writing a lot and say you're producing a lot of music or releasing a lot of music and that's part of your goal, you want to create, and this is a dirty word I know for some, but you want to create this formula and this approach. Because you think about it, all the good songwriters that people agree to, like whatever mm -hmm. genre, right, they had a method to what they did. There were mm -hmm. elements of things that they did. So they had a formula. You can call it whatever you want. Is it, you know, X equals K minus, you know. Right. <laughs> you know. So I think that is part of, and what people may overlook is, that's the development of your style, right? So if you have a formula or a way that you go about writing, and you can call it whatever you want, but that becomes part of your creative process, part of your style, part of what it is you do. Because you have a certain, like, now, so for me, I have a certain way that I play guitar. And yeah. there are things that I will go back to whether I realize I'm doing it or not. There yeah. are certain chords that resonate with me. And you can hear that in other guitar players. Ace Frehley, a lot of people said he played the same seven leads over and over again. <laughs> Okay, he used a lot of yeah. the same parts. Yeah. I mean, you know, Eddie Van Halen had a distinctive sound. He had distinctive runs or licks or whatever they're calling them today yeah. uh, that yeah. he would yeah. do. You know, there was a tone that was all part of how he put his things together. You know, another case in point, think about Steven Tyler has a specific way he writes. He's yep. got a real, some people may call it a quirky way, a, a disjointed way. Sometimes you're mm -hmm. not even sure what he's talking about, but it's in there. Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of groove to his lyrics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, so, you know, I think it just becomes part of that individual style. And it's no different than you're honing a skill, no different than if you were a professional athlete and learning how to throw the ball, catch the ball, run. You know, if you were a house painter or, a you know, a canvas painter, a sculptor, you're honing your, you know, your approach. If you do, and I, I'm just going to side chain this just a little bit. If you start looking at or start doing some research on audio recording, right? Especially now since everything is a, a DAW, a doll, they'll tell you to create templates so that you can streamline your work. And then you, st right. then you start really fine-tuning and moving things here and there. So it's the same thing. If you're developing a style, if it's something you're constantly working out, you will have this template, whether you 
know that you're doing that template, right? You make a conscious effort to it, or it's an unconscious type of thing, subconscious kind of thing, depending on how you want to look at it. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. Inspiration, you know, I, I found it everywhere. You know, before I took some time off from music to maybe find my place or my purpose because things had changed and stuff like that. My kids inspired me to get back into it when I did. I was inspired by, you know, watching them explore music and writing and, and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that, that's, it gave me the, the, uh, the push, the confidence, the excitement to do it again. And, you know, and I said, why, why wait? You know, what difference does it make? And that's, and that's kind of where, you know, where we're at. But I've always enjoyed writing. I really do. And I, I think I could do it all the time. And, you know, I, I think that in this world, there's no shortage of inspiration. It's just that we just need to look for it. We have to get past a lot of the, uh, the cloudiness that uh, seems to rain on our parade a lot, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I thought maybe no, you no. fell asleep. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So let's say you guys write a song, just music. Do you write lyrics to that song with melody in mind, or do you just get inspired, write lyrics, and then work it in later? Me? I do both. Yeah. I do both. I mean... Because I'm a guitar player, there's a lot of riffing that goes on, right? A lot of, right. you know, noodling right. around the, you know, and, and, oh, listen to that, that's cool, you know. That could develop into something. So we could write whole songs. And there was a time when that was primarily how it was done. Simply because right. there was a lot of disagreement. I'm not talking about this particular band. I'm talking about previous bands. There was a lot of disagreement about what we should be writing about, how we should be writing about, and, you know, not falling into, you know, certain categories and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so a lot of music was written. And sometimes when you don't have an end game, a lot can transpire within just the music. And all of a sudden now this is an orchestrated, never-ending loop of how many changes can we throw in a song type of thing. And again, there are some genres and some approaches that that works really well, but I don't think it's everywhere because it's more of a, a niche or niche, whatever you, you know want to say. And I think there's another way they say it too, niche. Um, I don't niche. I don't know what it is. Niche. <laughs> That's something else. So it's not what the majority of people can wrap their minds around. So I think that, again, because I've been doing it for quite a while, is if I'm starting to riff and we're putting stuff together, I can start hearing things in my head, right? That's part of the creative process. You're hearing it in a couple different phases, right? Internally, externally, in between. They're kind of phasing in and out. And you can kind of get things happening. Now, I, I, I've had music and I've had lyrics and I go, I want to make these two work. And how right. do you, you keep listening to music? You're looking at the words and you start doing like, you know, you're just mouthing. Trying to get the, you know, when I demo songs and because I'm not a great singer, I was in choir when I was little and I was, you know, did real well. I was alto and then my voice changed and that was it. Bye-bye. No more singing with us. <laughs> the same time, I've always demoed, and I've always said I am one of the best metal rappers ever with a bad, <laughs> with a bad tone. But what I do is I usually put stuff on the beat. And this is not to say, because I've worked with many singers, and they go, well, is this how you want me to sing? I go, no. 
I go, I want you to sing it the way you would sing it. What I'm demonstrating is basic lyric placement, where it would fit into the song, how you choose to verbalize it, you know, attack it, play it out. That's up to you. But this is just to get you on the feel, on the flow, show you where this belongs here, this belongs here. And I think in the writing that I wanted to get more towards, I wanted to have choruses that you could sing with. Because again, I went through a period of time where I had no choruses. There was no chorus, right? right? It was just one thing into another, one thing into another. And then I had a time where they weren't really sing-along choruses, they were just chant choruses. I wanted to learn to be more musical and create that opportunity because it helped the flow of guitar playing. It gave me something more to strive for. And that's what I did. And then that breakup of the bridge, again, you know, I like that kind of stuff, and that's the way it works. Uh, listen, there's songs that don't have it, and they still work. So it doesn't make a difference. Um, you just got to go with whatever your strength is or whatever it is that you're resonating with or towards or by, you need to go with that. And that's where you're going to start developing stuff. And then once you get those chops together, you can take it anywhere you want. So right. every way that you could possibly think of, we've even written a song that it was the drums laid down, right? They had an idea about the drums. The whole song was written with the drums, changes, everything. The drums were recorded, and then I was given the track, and they said, write some riffs to this. And I did. And it took a while, because I had to, that was a new approach for me, but it yeah. kind of, it was kind of cool. Yeah. It was kind of cool. You know, if you watch a lot of these guys in their drum solos, okay, let's just take a drum solo, even though I, kn I realize that's not a song. Though, you know, most of us local people, you know, local regional musicians, if there's ever is a solo and, and you do see some drum solos and I always scratch my head, they're always usually just kind of made up, some guy doing some fancy little things yeah. that he likes to do. But those yeah. drum solos that your big time guys do, they're all worked out. And of if course. you notice, they will go back to some bass line. Oh yeah, whatever it is, yeah, and because you have to have a, a, a concrete, concrete, platform. right, concrete. So yep. that structure within that element. So it's the same thing, same thing with songwriting. It's all you know. That's again. This is my opinion. This is where I see things as I've been doing it. And I'm sure you talk to somebody else, and it's you know, songs are songs. They have a beginning, middle, and end. Right? They tell you you want to make a yep. hit. You got to make something that's drawing people in. You know, right. there's the popular method where, you know, you have your introduction, you have your verse, you have your chorus, you have your second verse, which is usually half the time, you know, this is more popular music. Then the chorus, it goes into some type of bridge, maybe a lead, maybe some kind of, you know, interlude changeover. It comes back into either the chorus and out, or it comes back into a short verse and out, you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah. But then there's plays with that too, you know, A, B, A, B, C. Sometimes people start with the chorus and then work their way in. So it, whatever works, it doesn't matter. Some people, yeah, there is no, no right anything. Wrong. Yeah, it's just start, yeah. finish. Yeah. Start yelling. Stop yelling. <laughs> now, because this is how I've always done it. For me, the music usually comes first, again, because I'm just a lyric writer. Uh, you but know, don't do, you're guys. not you're not just a lyric writer. Don't say well, that. but but I mean, I'm not I'm not like I'm not really writing music. I, I mean, wow. I have a small hand in certain things, but I'm not writing the core of the music. So when a song is done or almost done and I have that feeling of that song, 
I write the lyrics to that song. And what I mean is, if it's a fast song, I want the lyrics to be a little more aggressive. If it's, you know, if it's a slow, heavy song, maybe I want the lyrics to be a little down, a little dark. Do you do that too? Like, if you guys have the music, do you match your lyrics to the music or do you just kind of go with an inspiration no matter what it may be and, and you just put it to the song? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, if there's some, like, we'll see here an example. I wrote a song called Wrecking Ball, which was on our Metal Machine album. And that song, like, as soon as that riff, and it's a real basic riff, you know, three chords, came in, I immediately felt like, you know, it's it's a punch, right? And right. the lyrics have to be okay, punchy so, yeah, as well. So yeah. So, yeah, same, same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, you can't just say... I just write lyrics. I mean, because if that was the case, you wouldn't have had some of those intense songs that Rush did. Because when they realized <laughs> that Neil could write, they're like, oh, my God, let him do it. You know what I'm saying? So lyrics are, are huge, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, see, they are. They are. Now, there's been this debate, too. Does it matter what the lyrics are about? It, because people are usually pulled in by the music. Because there's some music that you don't understand what the guy's saying. Or the girl, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's even yeah, with popular music, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're yeah. like, okay, but there's that groove and then, and then a little, pee, ah, and, you know, and then how many times normal people like us get the words wrong, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? But we still love the song. We, we, we don't know that's what right. the hell it's about. So, that's right. I've never really cared, you know, when we go through a review process and then we let some third parties listen, they go, well, I don't understand what the singer's saying. That always drives me insane. All right, you don't understand what he's saying, but who cares? What about everything else? And you know what I mean? I look at it sometimes like that. Like, how does it make you feel, the groove? But if they're so focused on that vocal, they may be missing everything else. Now, yeah, I don't care if the listener understands everything the singer's saying, because, again, that could be a style thing. And I don't mm -hmm. ever really want to dictate to a singer how I want them to do it if I'm bringing them in because I want their style. I will right, make right. suggestions. Hey, could you do this? Could you add this? Yeah. This would sound cool. I mean, and I think that anybody that's working in the studio environment should have that because you need that mm -hmm. perspective, right? Because sometimes 100%. we get yeah. tunnel vision. We're trying to do such a good job. We kind of freeze up. But though I don't necessarily concern myself whether the listener is going to be able to understand every single word or even understand the premise of the song, for my end, I want to make sure the song is coherent. And that yeah. means if there's a theme, if there's a story, or if there's an idea, some kind of content that I'm trying to convey, that has to be, for me, again, because it is my song, I want it to kind of be all together. Now, I've seen songs, and there's been popular songs that, like verse 1 and verse 3, it's like, that's sometimes what happens when you have three or four people writing a song yeah, because everybody's yeah. given it, you know, and I've been in a room with people and we're shouting out lyrics and okay, that sounds good. Okay. And that sounds good. All right. So <laughs> the first verse is about how, how I love you. And it's great. Second verse is, Oh, I'm, I'm at, I'm at war with, uh, you know, my country and, and three and, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm fighting Satan in Hades. Okay. So there you go. We got it. We got a top 10 hit right here. We hit all right, three, right. you know, to me, that's just a little too much. It's like watching a wacky movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. three different yeah. twilight zone episodes crammed yeah. into one movie. And I think, right. they, I think they did that. Anyway, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just want to see if anybody that's listening picked up on that. There's so, a man on the wing of this. <laughs> that's right. There's a man. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> 
I really do think that it is what it is. And however you get there, right? There's so, you know, you've, we've all heard the saying, there's so many ways up the mountain. Absolutely. Right? The goal is to yeah. get up there. Not yeah, how you 100%. get up there. Right? You take your time. It's about finishing the race, not about being first. Right? That's slow that, and steady. That, that's actually a military thing. It's, they just don't want you ringing the bell to quit. They want you to finish. Somebody's always got to bring up the rear. If not, the front end gets shot. Yep. In terms of songwriting, man, you find something that works for you and go with it. If it's not working, then you need to change it. Explore. The best way to do it is take your favorite artist, man. I know this sounds so cliche-ish, but what is it that they're doing that you dig? And do it. 100%. But then do it your way. Don't be a copycat because that's the only right. part I don't like. I love Judas Priest, but though people have said we sound like a little like Judas Priest or Accept or something like that, we're not like them at all. You know, people are going to gravitate towards that sound that they may like or are familiar with. But I've also been told we sound like ZZ Top and Sammy Hagar. I'm not sure where that's happening. You know, I don't have a bad motor scooter going on, but it's it's all right. Listen, they can call me anything they want because to me that's in great company. I don't care. Hundred percent. Hey, you man. guys sound like Neil Diamond with Bing Crosby in the background. All right, good to me. All right, sounds good. Sounds Thanks. good to me. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Here, I got another CD. Would you like to check this one out? <laughs> so you know, just listen. When you're recording, or you know, when you start to do audio engineering, they say listen to the music that you like and try to copy the sound yeah. quality that they're yep. you know into your yep. own. And that's how you can compare. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we got to no. start somewhere. We talked about this before. Everything that could be done really has basically been done. You know, some people yeah. say, you know, the Beatles have done everything and there's not much more that artists are going to be able to do. I, I yeah. don't know if that's true or not. I, don't, I hope that's not the case. I'm still trying. If that was the case, I think I would have stopped writing a long time ago and I would have just been E. I don't know how many. I mean, but I've written a lot of songs. So it doesn't. Maybe maybe they're right. Okay. <laughs> well, good night, everyone. Keep, you know, keep I, swinging for you know, the fences. I also, I, <laughs> I also uh, one piece of advice that I will give, I'm going to break down the fourth wall here. I do have a thesaurus and a dictionary on hand and that I will go to because when I'm writing lyrics, I tend to find myself using the same words yep. or maybe repeating yep. I's or the's or and's sure. or what I'll do is I will write like we had said earlier in the show you know I'll write everything down and then I'll go back on it and you know I'm constantly going through the thesaurus like looking at things going all right well I've changed this word you know what other words can I use in place of this word where it still means the same sure. and again there is no wrong way for me personally I try not to use a lot of ands and the's and I's and you's and <laughs> your you know I, I try yeah. to uh, mix it up a little bit yeah, listen, they're tools in the toolbox. You know, dictionary, theosaurus, even a rhyming dictionary. I got a couple of those. You know I got I mean? one of them too. Yep. And, yep. and yep. I don't I think there's anything too. wrong with that. I, I no, really don't. I, don't I mean, either. quality writers use a theosaurus, right? You know, and that's not something that, you know, went extinct because of the Big Bang Theory or something like that, right? Right, right. That's a book with pages. And I think they got it in a digital app form now. So if you need to get it, it's real easy. Yeah. But it yep, really yep. does. I mean, writers use them all the time. People in speeches use them all the time. This is entertainment. It's show business. Do you want to hear the same old, same old? If that's the case, then, you know, you just talk to yourself in the mirror. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. All of a sudden, you know, everybody's Stephen Wright. <laughs> he was a comedian. His biggest question is, what do you put into powdered water? 
I put spot remover on my dog and he disappeared. <laughs> Man, we're dating ourselves bad. <laughs> we pretty much do every show, yeah. I think. So, yeah, listen, it's just another tool in the toolbox. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If, if you've ever been to your favorite mechanic, you know, the one that usually greases you for several hundred dollars for an oil change, if you look on the side of their desk, they usually have mechanics manuals. How do I fix this? I've never fixed this before. Yeah, that's right, right man. Right, right, but they made they made sure they fixed it on your car. <laughs> so good luck, people. Keep writing. Keep swinging for the fences. Yeah, man. Find your way. Write a hit song. Do a solo record. Email people about it. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. Okay, folks, that will do it for another episode of The Cosmic Voice. Mick and I would like to say thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.